just want to say from the beginning, I'm thankful to be a part of a church that takes time to honor those who have served our country, and I really mean that. We proudly put a flag in our front yard to commemorate Veterans Day, the men and women that served. It's a beautiful, amazing thing, and I just think it's so important that we cultivate a culture of honor for those who have served us. We cultivate a culture of honor for those in authority, those in leadership in the church, and so, and thank you, Dennis, for putting that together. That's a great, great thing. I'm thankful to be speaking to you this morning and want to let you know from the beginning that Josh Bundy and I are going to be doing a series. We're going to be tag teaming on the chapters of John 13 through 17, as you see up on the screen. And it's not like we're going to be going over new material, but we're excited to go through the gospel of John in these chapters. And it's, it's kind of like a spiritual survival kit, as you see up there. And what we mean by that is Jesus has come, if, if you look at this next slide, Jesus has come to a point where he, know his, he knows his hour has come. He knows his hour has come. And what does he tell the disciples? What does he do for the disciples in those final moments of his life here on earth? And it's a powerful time. He's setting them up mentally for what they're going to face. They're going to be facing the toughest trial they've ever faced in their life. Jesus himself is about to face the toughest trial in his life that he's ever faced. And so when, when it comes to that point in his life that he knows his hour has come, we get to be the fly in the wall. We get to hear what he's talking to them about. Years ago, I read this book. It was a biography on John Adams. And I may be wrong in this. The second president of the United States. But anyway, John Adams was a pro prolific letter writer uh, to his wife. He and his wife had this really sweet relationship. But he kept a journal of all the things that led up to the Declaration of Independence. And reading this book, it was really interesting. It's like I got to be in the room with those men that led to the Declaration of Independence. And right here, John 13 through 17, we get to be a part of these intimate moments with Jesus and his disciples. And what he was telling them was not just for them, but I believe it's for us today as well. And you see this verse just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And I think what's interesting about this is if you back up to John chapter 2. Remember when Jesus was at that, that wedding festival in Cana and Galilee. And his mom, I love this exchange between Jesus and his mom, and I think of my mom who's just here this weekend, because as you get older, your love for your mom grows, right? If, if right now you and your mom are button heads, there's hope. Someday, someday, when I watched Marcy carry our children, when she had the babies, when I saw all that goes into taking care of a baby, you can't help but grow in love and respect for your mom. You see at a different level what she did for you. And so it translates into more honor and love and respect for your mom, and you grow in that relationship with her, and you just love your mom more and more all the time. Well, Jesus is at an age, approximately 30 in this moment, and you remember what happens. They run out of wine, okay? And Jesus' mother just turns and goes, they run out of wine. Okay, why would she say that? You could speculate. I speculate that she saw him do some things. But she just turns to him to run out of wine. And what, what does Jesus say? Woman? He says, woman, what does that have to do with me? And then he says, my time has not yet come. And what does Mary, Mary say? 
do what he tells you to do. Now, I'm not saying she's in the mafia, but I just picture that voice. He says, woman, what does that do with me? But the time has to come, and she just simply turns, do what he tells you to do. Okay, so he, and then Jesus, he does. And, and he goes, all right, bring the six jars, fill them with water, and the cat's out of the bag. The disciples believe his glory is revealed. His time hadn't come, but his time had come. And right now, it's a completely different picture. Fast forward through his ministry. He knows his hour has come. In this verse, every time I go back to this, I'm humbled, I'm captivated by the love of Jesus Christ. And even right now as I speak to you, I kind of get chills in my body thinking about his love. And in fact, his unconditional love. This love of Jesus Christ is so amazing because it's unconditional. It's not dependent upon what he gets in return from people. As I grow in Jesus Christ, I'm a minister, I'm a father of four boys, I still struggle at times to love people unconditionally. I struggle at times to love my wife, Marcy, unconditionally. I struggle to love my boys sometimes unconditionally. As you can imagine, there's a lot of testosterone in our home, and sometimes it's just challenging, and you're like, Lord, give me some breakthrough, but... I struggle to love unconditionally. Jesus loved no matter what he got in return. And in this moment where he knows his hour has come, what does he decide to do? Because if I know I've got a day or two left on this earth, what would I decide to do with my remaining time? Well, Jesus, he's going to love him to the end. He's going to show the full extent of his love, and he's going to love unconditionally. And, and again, aren't some people just tough to love? I, mean, I got to be real with you this morning. In a little bit, I'm going to make fun of myself about this, okay? Because we're here, we're feeling good, we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about his unconditional love, and while we're at church, we can kind of flow in that right now this morning. But then life happens when we leave the church building. Sometimes life happens between now and class. Sometimes life happens on your way to church, right? So there's things that come along, there's situations, there's people that aren't just really easy to love, and some of the things people write on social media, and oh, you're just ready to make a comment, but you know, sometimes things happen in the media in this world and people you work with, and it can be challenging to love people unconditionally. But when I'm at church, I'm talking about Jesus and I'm singing these songs, great songs about love, and even Thursday mornings when I sing those little kids and singing, I love the Lord Messiah deep down in my heart. All these things we're singing about love, it's all good. But sometimes it's challenging to love unconditionally and I don't always love like I should as a dad as a husband on down the line and so for me it's it's kind of like this I don't have all the words of this song but sometimes this is my life during the week it's at church and then what I live during the week it's kind of like this I'm singing love one another for love is of God I told you to stop. You better be gone. I can't get to you right now. He who loves is born of God and knows God. You are starting to become more and more like your mom every day. He who does not love does not know God. The passing lane is for a passing lane. Figure out what a turn signal is. For God is love. God is love. And so it's challenging. I sing about it. I love to teach about it. Love, love, love. 
but it's not always easy to live out. And so I'm captivated by the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And how can he go through what he's about to go through? Love is why. And so we look at the the next verses. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel wrapped around him. And I love this exchange again. He's facing a trial, and are some of you facing trials right now? You know, how do you face that crisis? He's about to face a trial, and he decides, instead of thinking about himself, he decides to put this amazing, unconditional love in action in a way that's extremely humbling, takes the form of a servant, decides to wash their feet. And if you've ever washed anybody's feet, I mean, it can be kind of stinky. In our house with, you know, a bunch of boys, and they've been playing sports, and come on, you know you have that one person in your family that when they take their feet off and you're in a long drive in the car, you're like, oh my goodness, put your feet back on. I mean, put your shoes back on. Put your feet back on. (laughs) But Jesus is going to wash their feet. And then, of course, there's Peter. And I love Peter. He's just so authentic and sometimes just let the, lets the spirit of stupid come on him. And, and in this moment, he's like, you know, he's kind of dramatic. And, and so I was just picturing when I read this, Peter going, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Never. You know, it's almost like he's, and, and Jesus is like, Peter, if, if I can't wash your feet, you can't have anything to do with me. And so then Peter well, then don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. As, you know, he gets all excited. But what I learned from that is this. There's times when we're like, I am not worthy to receive what Jesus Christ has done for me. I'm not worthy to receive, you know, forgiveness of sins through baptism and this gift of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is like, listen, you have to receive. Yes, you have to humble yourself, but you have to receive everything I have to give you. And don't let false humility get in the way. And Jesus washes his feet. And you guys know the story. He washes all their feet. And one of those, one of those men he knows is going to betray him. Oops. I'm getting better with this clicker. Give me grace. There we go. The servant leadership of Jesus. Leadership is not an easy thing to do. And again, I, I mentioned earlier about cultivating a culture of honor. Um, I think it's really important at a church with the leadership that we have in place to do our best to really encourage and support them. Because remember, they're not getting paid. They're volunteers. It's not easy being a shepherd. It's not easy being an elder. A lot of people have a lot of thoughts and opinions, and some people don't always lead with love when they come and talk to the shepherds. But I think it's really important as much as possible we cultivate a culture of honor. These are servants, and their wives are serving by letting their men be the elders. But I think it's important that we recognize leadership in its best is those who serve, those who walk it out. And it was even read earlier that love is, is, is action. And Jesus Christ washing their feet was servant leadership and action. Jesus the Messiah, our Savior, 
is humbling himself to the point where he washes their feet. And I think it's important for us today to think about what does servant leadership look like for us today? What does washing people's feet look like for you and me today? I think it's a great question to talk to your family about this week. How can we serve other people? What are the ways that we are already serving other people? There's, there's just so many wonderful people in this church, and you guys do so many great things for so many different people, and I get to work with people like that as well. It's good to recognize what we're doing, but I think it's good to ask ourselves this question every once in a while, how can we serve those around us more? How can we put love into action? How can we serve those who we know we're not going to get anything in return from them? How can we serve those who might even bite the hand that feeds them? And so I think Jesus, again, is this perfect example of servant leadership because he's preparing them for what's to come. This is a spiritual survival kit, so to speak. And I'm not into just survival as a Christian. I, I want to thrive, but sometimes it is survival as you face tests, as you face trials. Verse 12, if you're following along in John 13, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus sets this example. He's not just going to talk about something. He's going to do it. That's the way Jesus is. He sets this example, and then he says, no servant is greater than his master. Sometimes we get surprised when trials and challenges come our way, but the reality is God did not call us to easy, right? And sometimes we go through trials that I would never choose to go through if it was up to me. But God sees the big picture, and when I look back, I can see how God grew me through those moments. And there's even, again, you've heard me say up here, there's those people that are put in our life that are grace growers. They're challenging to be around. But God is using them to chisel us to be in the people that we need to be. But again, the trials that you're facing right now, I don't want you to lose hope in the midst of the trial. God will bring you through. God is faithful. God is a redeemer. God is full of love and forgiveness, all these kind of things, but no servant is greater than his master, so we don't need to be surprised when we, when we face maybe even some persecution, some pushback for what we believe, because no servant is greater than his master. But even Jesus Christ, when he washed people's feet, when he did things for other people, it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to get you know, back what he was giving to the people. In Jesus Christ, there's something about him with his humanity that I think we need to be reminded of. Jesus was fully God and he was also fully man. It's hard to wrap our minds around that. But the reality is this. Whatever you're facing, whatever you've gone through, it's good to be reminded to know Jesus felt those same emotions. Jesus felt frustration. And right here in this next, next verse you see, he says, I'm telling you now before it happens, he's letting them know somebody's going to betray him so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. And very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone, I sin accepts me. Whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. And after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus was troubled in spirit. 
And I don't care how strong you are in Jesus Christ, it's never fun to be betrayed, right? It's never fun to be rejected. It's not fun when spiritual mentors you look up to disappoint you. What do you do with that? That's not fun. But Jesus was troubled in spirit. He just washed the feet of everybody, knowing one of them was going to betray him, but also knowing what he was about to go through. And so I think it's important for us to know this was hard for him. <laughs> it wasn't easy for Jesus being Jesus. Now, we know that he, he dealt with frustration and anger and those kind of things in a good way and ultimately gave them to God, trusted him to his father, and he did not sin. But I do think it's important for you to know that Jesus felt all the emotions that we feel. And now we're learning how to deal with them effectively as sons and daughters in Jesus Christ. But, but know as he's leading them, as he's preparing them for the trials they're about to face, Jesus was troubled in spirit and was facing a challenge himself. Then the disciples get curious, right? They figured out somebody's going to betray us. And again, I love the humanity of the disciples, of course, too. And they're whispering to each other. Not that we ever whisper or gossip or talk about people, but they're whispering to each other. And they're like, hey, ask them ask who it is. And so John, leaning back against Jesus, asked him, says, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it's the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon, Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you're about to do, do quickly. At this point in the story, how can Jesus Christ carry on with what's before him? You know, he has power over everything. He can stop this in its tracks at, its, at this very moment. But Jesus says, what you're about to do, go do it quickly. I'm amazed by that. You're like, well, you know, it's Jesus, but he was fully God. He was fully man. I'm amazed by what he could do in that moment and tell him to go, go betray me. Go put this thing into action. How could he do it? Love is why. Love is why. At the end of the day, I think it's important for every one of us in here to be able to personally receive. Why could Jesus do what he did? It's because he loves you. He loves you individually. Each and every one of us here, he loves you. And in fact, this is what he says next. A new command of Jesus. A new command. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus is about to face the biggest trial he could ever face. The disciples are about to face this big trial. And Jesus gives them this new command. Because you guys know there's times in life, there's situations, there's people, it's not easy to love. How can you do it? You cannot do it on your own. You have to have the supernatural power of Jesus Christ in you to truly be able to love unconditionally on a consistent basis. And right here he's saying, the world's going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another. I really believe this is evangelism 101. If you have a heart for the lost, remember it starts with how do we love and treat each other? What kind of unity is going on here? And as you guys know, unity is a threat to the enemy and sometimes he tries to come against unity in our church. How do we rise up? How do we respond to that? Love 
has to be at the basis of all this. How do we love each other? Because sometimes we're going to frustrate each other, we're going to annoy each other, sometimes we're even going to hurt each other. How do we love each other? The world's going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And so, as we look at John 13 through 17, it starts off with some amazing passages of Jesus saying, okay, this is it. And he's going to love them to the very end. He's going to set an example. He's going to show unconditional love. He's going to show servant leadership. Through his humanity, he still is going to choose to love them unconditionally. And then he commands us to love one another as he has loved us. And that's one of the beautiful things about being a Christian and growing in Christ is discovering deeper revelation of what his love truly is for us. I cannot give what I don't receive. And I can only love people well through the unconditional love of Christ in me. I'm a branch to the vine. I'm a new creation in Christ. If I'm going to love people well, it's going to be his spirit flowing through me. And sometimes I just have to get over myself. Let's continue to be amazed at the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Let's continue to have a sense of awe and wonder at what Jesus has done for us. Let's never lose sight of that. Let's never lose sight of that. I'm going to speak into this. Each and every one of you this morning, I want you to think of some people right now who are tough for you to love in your life. I want you to think of some people who are tough to forgive. I want you to think of some people that are just tough to be around. It's all about them. It's take, take, take. How can you love them right where they're at? Remember, we have the spirit of Christ within us. And remember, God loves you unconditionally right where you're at. So we freely receive. May we freely give. Maybe you haven't taken Jesus Christ on in baptism. Maybe you haven't received his love and believed in him to the point to where you want to make him Lord and Savior of your life. And you want to be baptized, your sins forgiven, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't done that yet. Maybe today is the day. Or maybe you just need some prayers of love and forgiveness. And maybe you're really struggling to love some people in your life and you want God to help you love them better. Whatever it may be, we ask that you come forward if you want some prayers, if you want to receive Jesus Christ in baptism right now as we stand and sing. Jesus, let us come to know you. Let us see 